And during this time, I was in and out of jail, too. It wasn't just drugs. It was stealing and um, shoplifting to get more drugs. And uh, I remember one, it was almost Christmas one year, and my son was four, around around four years old. And, and I had gone to jail um, three times in one week for shoplifting. And it was almost Christmas. And then I... and. I almost was in jail for Christmas and uh, it was just terrible. My son would never know when I would be home. He would, I would leave him with my mother for days and he would call me on the phone and he would ask me when I was coming home. He would just beg me to come home and and I would still be gone for two more days. And and then I would shut him out of rooms so that I could get high and I would sit him in front of the TV. And none of these things I'm proud of is just what I did to him. You're listening to Altered Stories with Michelle Renee Gutch. Hello, Altered Stories show listeners. This is Michelle Saunders Gutch, your chief storyteller host. And welcome to the Altered Stories show, episode 65, Sarah's Coming Alive God Story. Thanks for listening to the show today, and I hope you have also subscribed to it. Friends, I hope you've been enjoying the fall season. For those that are in that season, I'm still learning about the seasons or no seasons in the countries where some of you live. I'd love to hear from any of you. So do reach out to me and let me know your feedback on my show. You can reach me on my website at www.alteredstories.org. Today, friends, I am super excited to bring to the mic a very special guest. Her name is Sarah Woolsey. And Sarah is a referred guest from our board treasurer, Janine Adens. Her God story, friends, is going to rock your world. It's going to transform you in ways you never thought you could be transformed through the love of Jesus Christ as you listen to her story. Now, let's meet Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. Welcome to the show. And how are you doing? Good morning, Michelle. I'm doing great. Well, thanks for being my guest. And I would love to just have you share with my listeners who you are. So feel free to share whatever you choose. Um, I'm a single mom. I'm a Christian woman. I am a manager. I'm a mentor. I am just loving life these days. (laughs) Yes. And it's nice, you know, now that we're a little bit more post pandemic with COVID, I don't know what it was like in your community there. It seems like people are trying to get back to some sense of normalcy. Yes. Praise God. Yes. And are you um, a dog lover, a cat lover, a pet lover? Yes. Are you, are you too busy in life to have you know, pets. <laughs> so we actually just got a dog last week. Um, her name is Liberty Bell. 
She's a German Shepherd. She's so loving. This weekend, we just got her out to the park and went walking trails and had fun. So she's still settling in. Yeah. So did your son get to pick dog out or did you go together or how did that no it, how did that happen actually she was a friend's dog and they were getting rid of her they wanted her close by oh that worked out well yeah it, my son has been asking well, for a dog for years he asked me every week mom can we get a dog mom can we get a dog and he's a he's a he's an only child so he it gets lonely yes I raised an only child you have to find all kinds of things for them to do. Yes. Or and they, you have to get together with other friends, right? A lot, yes. you know, or get them involved in their community and school and all those things. But there is something to be said about a boy and his dog. Yes, I agree. Why did you name him Liberty Bell or her? Um, that was actually already her name, but I love it. It just it has a nice ring to it. Yes. It does. It sounds really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to get a few pictures of Liberty Bell up there on your episode page when we post this, if you can, if you can give me some. Yeah, absolutely. I just posted a bunch of pictures of her on my Facebook. Okay, cool. Well, so Sarah, did you know that your name means noble woman or princess in Hebrew? I did know that. I've known that since I was a little girl because I watched that movie. Um, it's about a girl and her dad. Little Princess. It's called Little Princess. Okay. Well, I know the name Sarah is, you know, definitely in the Bible. Yes. And it has those Hebrewic roots. Right. And Sarah in the Bible was referred to as the free woman. <laughs> yes. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. Yes. You know, I know that you're a proponent of sharing stories. I know that you've shared what you're going to share with my listeners today in groups Mm -hmm. or, you know, that you really believe in the power of story. And, you know, I'd like to hear from you. What, why do you think people should share their stories and why it's so important? For me, a story is important. It's how we reach others. It's how we could show others how we did it. It's it's giving hope to people who might not have it otherwise. Yes. Do you listen to podcast stories or do you even have time in your life to do any of that? <laughs> I'm pretty busy. I've never listened to a podcast before. Yeah, maybe once or twice, but it they were I think they were like just short like Bible Bible verses and that that's about it. It wasn't I, I don't know what normal podcasts are. <laughs> I'm pretty busy. <laughs> well, you're consumed with being a single mother and yes, you know, working full time. I mean, two jobs. Yes. Yes. And yeah, I forgot. And now tell us about the second, uh, tell us a little bit about what you're doing in your work. Okay. So my, um, my main job, I'm a manager at Culver's and I just started there in May. They hired me on um, as a manager to open a new store that they're building in Harrisonville, Missouri. But my my second job, my my love, eh, I feel like God's called me to do this. Is um, I work as a staff member at a long term women's recovery center, and I live there and I work there, and it's so amazing and so rewarding. And I get to 
bless other women who are going through the same thing I went through. Yes. I bet they all have a lot of great stories that oh my goodness, they could share and you hear probably. I get to see firsthand. I see miracles happen. It's it's so amazing. I could I see God's handiwork every day. It's amazing. I see him moving. Well, it's such a blessing that you are here with us today and that you're going to share. Yeah. You know, openly and authentically God's handiwork in your own life. Yeah. Sarah, can you share with my listeners where your God story began? I, I, I'm going to start off by saying um, my childhood was pretty rough. We were, we were very poor. My, both my parents, they had like mental illness and, and addiction. So childhood was really rough. The moment that actually really changed my life that um, put me on a different path was when my father overdosed on heroin. It just changed everything. From there, my mother, she, she was never like a mom, I would say. She already didn't have it together. But after that, with her being the only parent, I mean, we kind of needed her and, and she just wasn't there. I didn't have anybody to lean on and not growing up like a normal child. I, you know, I had missed out on all things that kids learn growing up. That just changed me when he overdosed. And I came to live in Missouri with my aunt, which was not a good thing, (laughs) but it was the only choice I had. Otherwise I would have been put in a group home um, because my mother was unfit. I ended up having to leave my home, my sister behind. My, I had made my sister go stay with a friend before the DFS came. And so she had been staying with her friend for a while and she stayed in Pennsylvania while I came to Missouri to stay with my aunt. I, I kind of had a mental breakdown. I, I can only describe it as a fog. And shortly after that is when I started using meth and my life just changed forever. Um, it was, what is DFS? Sarah, what was DFS? Um, Child Protective Services. Oh, yeah. Okay. And what state were you in with your parents? Do you mind me me asking? Uh, We lived in Pennsylvania at the time. Okay. At that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, And my mother, I guess, had gotten calls and just saying that she was unfit. We had drug addicts in and out of our house and um, just a lot of craziness going on. And so they came and I, because I was 16, they said they gave me a chance to find somewhere to go. But if I wasn't able to find a stable environment, they were going to take me to a group home, which would have been two hours away from where I was at. And the only thing holding me there were my friends in my school. Instead of going to the group home, I decided to come to Missouri with my aunt. Mm-hmm. So did you switch schools at that time then into a different school? Yeah, I moved from Pennsylvania to Missouri. Mm-hmm. I started at Harrisonville High School. How hard was that? It was so hard. I was I was in the middle of my uh, junior year and I just lost everything. Everything. My sister, my home, my friends, my dad. Yeah, your dad. What did you do? How did you deal with that? I, at that time, I, I didn't, I I just, I had a, I literally think I just had a mental breakdown and I I can, all I can remember is it being like a fog. I don't know what I was thinking or, you know, 
it seems like when I think back, it feels like I was just watching myself walk through life. Yeah. How long were you, were you in that state? Um, for, for years, it was a couple years before I started to like wake up from it, but that's when I started using meth. My aunt, my aunt gave me my first line of meth and that already in that state of mind uh, and using meth, it just, yeah, it wasn't good. Well, there's a lot of meth addicts out there. <sighs> a lot. There are people that get into this. Tell us about the what is it like to be an addict? Do you mind letting people really understand that trauma and what it's like? In the beginning, for me, it was when I first did it, I felt like it gave me, it made me feel good. It made me feel better. It, it numbed the pain. I, I, I didn't feel any emotions. I wasn't dying inside. I, I wasn't, it just made everything go away. Um, it helped me not to feel all the pain that I had. And so at first it was good, but then it's just like, after that, you just can't function anymore and it's just killing you. And I, I've wanted to stop. I, but I, I just couldn't, you know, how long were you in that state of, you know, being in an attic where you were just living for that drug and just living for that existence? Um, in the beginning, it took me a while to get to the point where um, like, that's all I did. That's all I cared about. It took me a couple of years to get there, but eventually I did. It, I guess until I was in that state until I got pregnant. Then um, I actually, I've had three pregnancies. And the first time I got pregnant, I ended up, I, of course I was high and uh, I found out I was pregnant and then two days later I had an abortion and I didn't even let it sink in. Afterwards, I, it, that haunted me for a long time. And uh, yeah, but I, the first pregnancy I had, I had an abortion. And then um, a few years later, I got pregnant with my son, Drake, who's eight now. And uh, that it was really hard, but he actually helped save my life. So God used him to show me, you know, what I was doing and where I was going. That's so, so, so awesome. Yeah. How God did take that situation and turned it for good for you and your life, because that was an area that really ministered to you. Yeah. Was being a mom. Yeah. Right. In the beginning, I, when I got pregnant with Drake, I, I knew I couldn't keep doing drugs and did at the time I applied to get into Aaron's house, which, um, you know, Janine and, uh, yes, Janine, a, yes, being the founder. Yeah. So I, I was able to get into Aaron's house and I was able to get clean while I was there because I had an environment that was healthy and stable. And that was really the only time I, I was sober for a short time while I was pregnant and at Aaron's house. God really, he planted seeds there, but shortly after um, I had my son, as he was a few months old, I started getting high again and uh, everything went downhill from there. That is probably the darkest time in my life after I went back to, back to using. Things got so crazy and, and I wasn't even being a mom 
you know, I had my son living in chaos for the first four or five years of his life. And, and then I started seeing, I started seeing what I was doing to him, started seeing how he was acting out and I could see my son having emotions that I remember having as a child. Yes. And it tore me up inside. I just, yes. I, I said, what am I doing? I have this child here and I'm doing exactly what my parents did to me. And is that what I really want to do? You know, and it made me really take a look at myself and, and what was important, but I didn't know how to stop. And my rock bottom was, and during this time I was in and out of jail too. It wasn't just drugs. It was stealing and um, shoplifting to get more drugs and uh, I remember one, it was almost Christmas one year and my son was four, around, around four years old. And, and I had gone to jail um, three times in one week for shoplifting and it was almost Christmas. And then I, and I almost was in jail for Christmas and uh, it was just terrible. My son would never know when I would be home. He would I would leave him with my mother for days and he would call me on the phone and he would ask me when I was coming home. <laughs> and he, yeah. he would just beg me to come home and, and I would still be gone for two more days. And and then I would shut him out of rooms so that I could get high and I would sit him in front of the TV. And none of these things I'm proud of is just what I did to him, you know? Yes. He was late for school almost every day. He was acting out in school and having all these problems. And it's because of his environment. What I had him in, we were we were homeless and we would live with family members or friends, which, which they were users also. So it was never a good place. And um, I finally ended up living in my truck and I sent him to live with his dad because I had nowhere to have him. Like... I had no good place to bring him and I couldn't even have visits with him because I had nowhere, nowhere to see him at. And it just, one night I just had enough and I said, what am I doing? If I can't be his mom, I just, I don't know what, what I'm living for, you know, but I, I could not, I couldn't stop. And I wanted to stop. I, I wanted to be his mom. I didn't want to keep doing what I was doing to him. And I just sat in my truck one night at three in the morning and I begged God to take it from me because I couldn't do it. And, uh, and then after that, everything changed. Wow. So you think you got to a place of total surrender. Yeah. You just were at your most weakest, most vulnerable point. Yeah. And you couldn't, you couldn't do anything else. You couldn't do anything else. Yeah. And you gave that to God and said, God, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't do this. Help me take this. And he showed up. He did. He did. From that moment on, I just, 
I, I don't want to say it was immediate because it wasn't immediate. It was just a series of events that happened after that. Um, like I said, I had been in and out of jail. I was on probation. So I went, I couldn't stay clean. And obviously my probation officer was um, drug testing me and I kept failing and failing. And I said, I came to her and I told her, I said, I have a problem and I can't stop. I and I'm probably about to lose my son and I don't want to to lose him and I told her that I needed to go to rehab just to have someone else to have hold me accountable I had already decided in my mind that I wanted to go that I was going to try to stop but it took it still took a while for it to actually sink in it took I, I ended up going to a treatment center and I stayed for three days and then I left again three weeks after I left the treatment center I was getting high and then I finally decided to try again and I got into a treatment center in the city and and I never looked back after that that was uh, February 6th of 2019 I I went to drug rehab in Kansas City I never got high off of meth again and I didn't stay at that rehab obviously I had other things that needed taken care of but that that's where my story started and and it just now I'm free from meth and it just is so amazing because I never thought that I never thought that I would be sober I never thought that I could have a different life I didn't even know what it looked like and I was so scared and I had no support and no family and nobody you know there and but I finally, he gave me the courage to try. He, he made me feel like I could have something else. I know God was there the whole time. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, girl. You started coming alive. Yeah. Yeah. You started. Now, when you say that God gave you the courage, explain that to us. When you would be weak. Would there just be something inside of you that he would strengthen you that it was like an inner strength or was it, how did, how did that work in your life? For me, I just, I don't know. I, I did, my grandmothers were both, they were Sunday school teachers. So I had a little bit of that in my life. I just remember in, in that, during that time, I was so dark. I was just hopeless and lost, but I could feel this tugging at me. It was him. He was just calling me to tell me that he was still there. And it, I just, it just was this tugging at my heart. And that's, that's the only way I could describe it. And I, and I would get these feelings like everything would be okay. But I just, because of the life I lived, I just didn't know how that would happen. And uh, it was really scary for Yes, I can't imagine. But did you feel like a presence around you? Or I mean, like, you know, did you feel that comfort and everything? I did. I did. After that, I could just feel him with me. He was with me all the time. And I knew um, that everything was going to be okay. I, I could feel him just hold me, you know, and uh, it, it was it was amazing. It's <laughs> at the time I didn't realize, you know, what was happening, but now I know it was him. Yes. Yes. Now, do you believe that your grandmothers 
we're praying for your parents, your sister, your family, you this all this time. I'm sh- I'm sure they were. I I th- I was just thinking about them before the interview, and I I'm sure that they are so happy right now that I'm saved and um, that they're the ones that introduced God to me. And yeah, I'm sure they prayed about it. Oh, I bet they're rejoicing. So I just, I mean, so, you know, um, Sarah, there's a few that I know in my life who've come out of drug addiction and have lost so much from it and are trying to rebuild their lives. And God is just with them and starting to see they're starting. He just little bits of encouragement for them Mm -hmm. as they go through the journey of rehabilitation. Did you have to go in and get some kind of drug to help you get off meth? Was there something else they had to give you to help you get off it? No, um, there for meth, it's just like, you're just so tired because you don't sleep and, um, it's really more like a mind thing. I mean, you do get, you don't sleep and you don't eat. So that it, like afterwards you feel like you're starving and you just feel like weak. But other than that, your body isn't really physically dependent on it. Like, you know, opioids or something, which n- neither one is better than the other, but, um, but yeah, meth is different than opioids. Um, both are terrible, but um, opioids, your body can become dependent on it. But no, I, I didn't take, at first they gave me a depression and anxiety medicine that I think that helped. Okay. Yeah. It helped me stabilize my, um, the chemicals in, in the body mm-hmm. so that my lows weren't so low, but I was only on that for about 30 days until I evened out. Then after that, I, I stopped taking that. So tell us, bring us up to date now. So you know, you've shared the transformation, you've shared how God came in and what kind of brought you to where you were and you you then moving forward, can you share like what's been transpiring in your life as a result of, you know, God's coming in and taking over in, you know, your life and as a Christian and as a believer? So, um, like I said, I was at that treatment center and, uh, I didn't end up staying there. I was there for actually three months and, um, my son obviously was with his dad and we were arguing back and forth. I wasn't able to see him or bring him up there. And that was really hard on me, but not, not just the rehab, but, um, I was also still dealing with like charges that I had gotten while I was using. And so from that from that rehab, I ended up doing some jail time. And in, um, while I was locked up, another woman that had worked with me at Aaron's house, Clarissa, um, Mm -hmm. me and her had kept in contact and I had let her know. I finally um, told her that I had had a drug problem before I went to rehab because I know, I knew that she, she was a godly woman and that, she, she loved me and my son, and I just knew that she would be a good support for me. So I, I finally came clean and told her that I had been using, you know, since shortly after I had him and, and that I wanted to change. And, and she was so awesome. She came and saw me at treatment. She brought me 
snacks and 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 she just was there for me I would talk to her I would call her because I had no one else so anyway I I ended up doing some jail time for charges that that I had gotten right before I was going to be released I still needed something and so she was going to let me move in with her for a little while but I needed more than she could give me and uh I wasn't done with the treatment and rehab. So she applied for me at a long-term facility called Lily's house in Adrian, Missouri. And uh, mm. I had done three months of jail time and then they released me to Lily's house. And I w- went there and um, uh, I know God was in all of that too, because while I was sitting in jail, I, and I had a choice. I didn't have to go to the rehab after I got out. I could have got out gone back to the streets and not had my son, you know, but I, I mm-hmm. really, really wanted a lifestyle change and I wanted a different life. And, um, I made the decision to go to this, this, uh, long-term recovery home. And I could feel God, I heard him tell me that this is the way I was supposed to go. And, and then I found out later that that was, that's a verse. This is the way walk in it. And I can't remember what verse that is right off the top of my head, but I know it's in there. And um, uh-huh. I, I had this peace come over me after that, after the decision I made to go, and then just everything from there. It was it was a miracle. I I ended up getting saved shortly after I got there. It was November of 2019, and I finally got saved, and everything just was. There just there were a few times that my life just changed, but that that was a time that was so amazing. And everything that happened after that was just a complete miracle. I got full custody of my son, and they helped. They started helping me rebuild my life and um, just grow that relationship that I that I found with God. And like um, we did Bible studies and we did um, groups, and I just healed a lot from you know the reasons why I used in the first place and it's definitely a God place this place and he led me there it's just it's it's such an amazing place and I now I work there I work I know I mean that's where it's so cool about what God has done yeah is he's now using Mm -hmm you as a light and a beacon of hope to those that are coming through and what a great place of accountability and then mm-hmm. also a place for you to be inspired, yeah. you know, constantly mm-hmm. and encouraged as you're going through your journey of recovery and, you know, going forward in your life as a mom and yeah. a businesswoman, <laughs> and a Christian yeah. and all of these things. I mean, yeah. when I looked at that picture you sent me, Sarah, of you during your drug using days, it's, it breaks my heart. Yeah. You know, it just completely broke my heart to see where you were and the desperation and then who you are now. Yeah. And you can just see the light and yeah. God all over you. Yeah. And it's just so awesome. It's so awesome. And you know, you're, when you truly are saved, you are rebirthed. Yes. And Amen. God, it, you just, all of our past and everything is, it. we're new, you know, we're a new. 
And so I just think that that's so real and there's a whole rebirth, you know, that's why, you know, the whole, I think reborn, you mm-hmm. know, and all of that makes such a difference for people, you know, in their lives, because Jesus came for the lost. He came for the lost. You know, I was noticing today in my devotion in Luke 19:10, the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. God will do what it takes, whatever it takes to bring his children home. Yeah, that is, that is so good. And literally, one of my, my favorite verses is Isaiah 43, one and two, because the whole, my childhood, I felt, I didn't feel loved. I didn't feel like I had that. And God is that for me. And those verses they tell you that he calls you by name he you are his and you always belong yes and they tell you you know no matter what you go through he's he's always right there even in your darkest days but I I had never even as a child I don't remember happiness or joy or any of that and I feel like he just breathed life into me again and it's so amazing Yes, and I love it, and I'm so thankful that you're here today sharing this hope and, you know, your experience, and I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed, and your son, Sarah, how how have you helped your son recover from this experience? Um, a, a lot of it, um, obviously, was our surroundings and our home life, and we go to therapy. We still do therapy today, both of us. Um, uh, I needed to show him that I was stable, and I needed to be that parent for him and not have him in chaos, and I needed to show him that I wasn't going anywhere, that he could trust me, and that took a long time, and the beginning was really rough, and um there were a lot of tears and a lot of fighting and it was a lot of intentional parenting um, because he, he did, he suffered, he suffered a lot. Um, But I thank God every day that I decided to change when I did, you know, and not let it go any further. Um, And we still, it's still hard. Um, Every day we have to work at it, you know? Um, And I have to remember not to, not to go back to old habits or behaviors and just even, even in the way I deal with him and just really being careful about the trauma that I put him through. And um, yeah. it's, it's tough. It's not easy, but God's with me every day. And my son, he, he also believes in God and we, we read our Bible and we, we study verses and we do memory verses and it, it's amazing. That's so cool. Now, are you in a church then, you and him? Can he go to Sunday school? And, you know, is that a support system for you as you go through the single mom journey and everything? Absolutely. I'm a member at Heartland Baptist, which is in Harrisonville. Um, But right now, because we have a new resident, um, we go to, uh, we go to Adrian Christian Church, because that's where she, she goes. She has to go there. And, um, she, she'll get to decide what church she wants to go to later on. But right now we go to the one in town 
and uh, I work weekends. So I do um, Culver's during the week and then I do Lily's house Saturday and Sundays. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, Sarah, this has been quite a, a story and I just really think many, many who hear this are really going to be moved. Yeah. And I would love for you to share any closing words for those listeners that may be struggling, Sarah, they, they could be struggling with a sense of belonging, addictions, all kinds of things, you know, that, because when others who are hurting mm -hmm. don't get healed from their brokenness, yeah. this is why I started Altered Stories. It's to me, it's making an impact mm -hmm. in helping women heal. Yeah. And if, if a mom or a dad has brokenness and they're not healing, they just break other people. Yes. It just, it goes on and on and on. And you stop the cycle, mm -hmm. praise God. You stop the cycle. But what words do you have that you'd like to share for, to encourage those who are struggling right now? Um, the best thing I would say is to pray and just to ask God to help, you know, and he'll send you people. He sent me people. He, he sent people after me that could grab a hold of me and they did, you know, thank God. Um, but just pray and look for those people that God will send you get in your Bible and, and, um, just cling to him instead of whatever else it is you're clinging to for comfort. He he'll be your comfort, you know? Um, and he'll send people for you to help you like Clarissa and Janine. And um, he sent people to me to help me. Mm, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that because, you know, some people really rely on other people. And then when they're pulled from their lives, you know, then they're there. And I mean, without God, I mean, we all need to lean on God, I think. Yes. I mean, because he is our rock. He is our creator. We're all made in his image. And I think that is truly where he wants us to be. He wants us to be in relationship mm -hmm. and fellowship. And, you know, he's our father, you know, mm -hmm. and I know it's hard because many have come from very broken backgrounds yeah. and they just don't know what that means. You know what I'm saying? Or understand what that means. And, you know, God has to meet people where they're at and he does that. So, yeah. and that's what he did. So Sarah, you know, tell us how um, people can reach you. So if there's people today, you know, that are listening and they would like to, you know, maybe invite you to share their testimony or maybe have you, you know, just help them in terms of encouragement or maybe want to get affiliated with the Lily House. Um, can you just share some information on how you can be reached? Yeah, I'm on Facebook at um, under Sarah Woolsey, W-O-O-L-S-E-Y. Um, and Lily's House is also on Facebook. Um, it's L I. L-I-L-Y-S-H-O-U-S-E. And um, also my email address is Sarah with an H, uh, um, Woolsey3 at gmail.com. So I could be reached at, at any of those places. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for your time today. I know you've got to get going and you look so dapper. Thank you. <laughs> you're all ready. You're all ready for work. So everybody stop over if you're in Missouri where Sarah is living, Raymore, and that's a nice area out there. I've been out there driving through there and there's a Culver's out there. Stop over and say hi to her. Um, and, I, you know, and Sarah, you do feel free to share this story everywhere. Thank I you. know it's going to bless so many. And friends, I will have this episode available to listen to on our website and other information about Sarah, too. So until the next show, friends, be heard and be healed. Altered Stories Ministry is a faith-based, nonprofit, and women's evangelistic storytelling ministry located in Overland Park, Kansas. If you enjoyed listening to today's story, your family and friends would probably benefit from hearing how God works in the lives of women all over the world, too. So please, subscribe to our show and share the link to this podcast. Share it on your social media. We also welcome your valued feedback on our stories. Also, we'd appreciate your prayerful consideration in sponsoring one of our future God-glorifying stories and welcome your tax-exempt financial donation. To find out more on how you can support our ministry, you can log on to our website at www.alteredstories.org.